sounded really cool in the headphones, though. So. Hello, and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 143. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by Ryan and Jan. Hello. Hello there. Hi, guys. Hi. Oh, holidays are kind of the worst. Um, not kind of. <laughs> okay, they're literally the worst. <laughs> they are literally the worst. Oh. I, I somehow got wrapped into going to every variant of a family event this holiday season. That... None of them overlap. Hanukkah, no. Hanukkah and Christmas overlap this year. I had to move the camera, so thank you. <laughs> oh, here, I can just move over. <clears throat> no, that's fine. Okay. Uh, they were moved for the land party. I just didn't move them back. Oh, okay. So we should be fine now. Cool. Um, yeah, so I had to get, I, I've got Jana's holiday thing that does not overlap with my parents' holiday thing. And then. Are any of them before the actual holiday? No, thankfully. Okay. No, well, that's, but that's they're that's after because they just don't know how to quit. Because uh, Hanukkah is now New Year's Day, which means I get to go to Hanukkah, which always runs late, and then I have to go to work the next day. Oh, no. And then all of our holidays are Tuesdays and Wednesdays this year. It's just it's a nightmare. It sucks. It totally blows. Yeah, my family's doing their Christmas tonight. And like what? the entire That's group chat so was true. like, oh, let's just do it at three something. I'm like, I do the podcast today. Like, that ain't happening. Yeah, no, we're not but doing We'll three. see. So I'm going to be extremely late to the Christmas Good. thing. And like a bunch of stuff didn't show up on time. So Perfect. I'm just like, great. This is really swell. I'm just, I, I, I put in less and less effort every year. I try to, but it's, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. Anywho, um, what are you drinking? I have a Pilsner Urkel, which is a Czech Pilsner. And it's actually the original Pilsner. Uh, this is the, it's from Pil- Plizen, Czech, Czech, Plizen, Czech. Um, Plizen, Yeah. It, 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 being Czech, it doesn't have very a, few vowels. Yeah, it, it's constant it's to vowel ratios way off. Yeah. No, it, yeah, where Welsh is just vowels. Yeah, aim this towards your face. Um, yeah. I was aiming it away because I was going to try to take a quiz, but it's locked, so. I got you. I have a, uh, I have a friend whose last name is Kursek, and it is spelled... K-R-S-E-K, oh. which is exactly how many vowels Plizen has. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, one. Uh, this is a gift from a customer from my day job. He is a, a Polish uh, reconstructive surgeon uh, who has a collection of old Volkswagens that uh, my shop has restored for him. A gift. Yes. yes. A gift. Thank you. So... Uh, um, while you're opening that, I am drinking something you guys actually left here on the land party night, which is the Great Northern Porter from I was Summit, gonna, I was gonna of drink all that, places. I was going to drink that next episode. How is it? Um, so far, so good. I'm only four sips in, because I was trying. I had a, a Lineys when I got here. Yeah. I'm like, i, I got to have something to tide me over until the podcast. Summit's notoriously shitty as a beer. In your opinion, yeah, yes. I, I had a, a I don't know why your microphone's from... so quiet today. It's because... Yeah, I'm talking really loud today, too. Oh, um, I had a paint. coupon from Lund's for Cheap Summit, and I was like, okay, mm. I'm going to use this coupon. Fair enough. And I got another coupon That's for so Summit good. that I have to... Coupon. Coupon? 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 my dad really likes Summit, so um, I should probably get him some. So does my dad. He loves like EPA. I, I do have to say that this is, Minty? without a doubt, the best Pilsner I've ever had. Well, I'm excited. Um, we'll be switching roles next episode, yeah. I guess. So <laughs> They've been brewing it since 1842, so they must be doing something right. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's longer than there have been cars. That's 180 that's years. That's very pre-war. Yeah, that's extremely... I have a pre-war beer for <laughs> my episode involving no pre-war cars. Oh, excellent. Oh, so, there you go. I the Summit Beer coupon again. Oh, no. Fine. So, I, I anywho, redeemed it once. moving on to... Oh, Patreon. Patreon. Yes. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. You can check out our two fairly open-ended levels of support. And um, I actually want to directly plug our newest patron from two days ago, Ryan Rask. I know yeah. he's been a long-time listener of the show, and he's actually been on once or twice Thank before. Thank you, Ryan. Yes, so yes. So we're glad you enjoy listening to us while you are going he's our, across the country. He's our your, token trucker. truck. Yes. Our token trucker. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much. We certainly do appreciate it, and uh, cheers. Yes, and was this his topic? No. Okay, I was no. Say, cause no, this is didn't. a really good this topic, is... and I had to think about this a lot. I filled this out like two weeks ago. So. Oh, what is this? <clears throat> so, the Patreon topic that we're starting with is, what cars have the ugliest and the best-looking third brake lights? Oh. So, in 1984 1985... is actually 86 that they, right. that they mandated yep. it. Because the 85 MR2 did not have one. True. Then you're right. The E30 started in 86 as well. So in 86 in the USA, a lot of car manufacturers were, actually all of them were forced to start adding a third brake light. 
and they took him by surprise, much like emissions did in ten years prior. Right, and those crash bumpers. Yes, and these surprise and pedestrian safety back in like twenty ten, like all these things <laughs> just happened and totally like, and, like screwed everything backup up. Backup cameras where yeah. they started sticking those on the back of cars. All right, but... to, to be fair, giving backup cameras a thing, I think that the like tacked on backup camera on the, on the Mirage. Mirage. Yes, that's one of my favorite things because it's a very Japanese looking, just like add on feature. Like, look at this thing I have now. Remember, like, banks in the early 90s with their closed circuit, like, weatherproof container enclosures yes. for the cameras? It looks like a miniature version oh, of it. It does. Of on the it's back wonderful. Of the <laughs> Scott said we should plug Ryan Rask's NC Miata. And actually, yeah, we should mention it. Um, he is an over the road trucker by trade, but uh, he and his wife Haley have a NC okay. club. Retractable That's very hardtop. cool. It's a oh, very wow. rare. Miata. I've seen one wait, in my wait, life and it's driven. Retractable hardtop. Yeah, cool. I've seen one in my entire life and it was driven by a very old lady in uh, Uptown. Yeah, they and got this one had... out of somewhere in Wisconsin. Yeah, this lady lived in Uptown and she drove a NC Club Edition, like with the factory roll bar in it. And I know she wasn't just like kind of old looking because she walked into like my shop once to get mm-hmm. some air put in her tires, <laughs> and she drove it all year long. And she was like hunched over, like. Oh, you you mean like, not good karma? You mean the no, BP no, the BP, yeah. But like she was, she was like between she if she was a boomer, she'd be like the very first one. The greatest boomer generation. Yeah, she's like kind of like that kind of cusp. <laughs> it, it's like being a millennial born in 1981, where you're technically, but really, you're more of a Gen X. So. Gross. Anyway, yeah. that's a super rad car, so... Yes, it is. Fair enough. Um, moving on back to the topic. So, yeah, 86 was the first U.S.-based model where they had to start retrofitting these things, and a lot of companies didn't execute it all that well. Yes, um, they but did not. But that doesn't necessarily matter because this is a double-sided topic, so we have to pick independently what our favorite and least favorite applications of the third brake light in general have been in the United States, and... Kind of what I want to start with is any 1986 model car that existed prior to 1986, and the 1987 BMW E30 convertible. That one first was year of the convertible. Very bad. I don't know what the hell happened, but this was a the convertible one, uh, 87 to 93. But only one year did they have this disgusting atrocity. Have you seen the R107? Yeah, that one. I that that, oh. that one is. <clears throat> Arguably worse. Cause what about the uh, 964 convertible Porsche convertible? Oh, where they just like stuck it like way mm-hmm. up in the air? No, it's like it's like yeah. a vacuum cleaner attachment with a red. Oh, lens I, I know on what you're talking vacuum. about. Yeah. but at least that one like it followed the body lines. Like on the R107, mm-hmm. like the yeah. R107 third brake light would make sense <laughs> inside the back window of like a C230 compressor. Well, that's probably where they got and it. And it made no sense inside of, like, on the outside of this, like, very boxy, obviously 1970s design. And then, like, on this, like, 1970s design, they have this, like, super rounded, like, 90s-looking, like, third about- brake light. And they put a dead center on the trunk. Like, just the worst the poor possible Poor R107 dealt with crash bumpers, emissions, and this oh, yes. damn third brake light. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. <laughs> It took that really well because there's so many cars that had to deal with all that trash, yeah. and they did a lot less gracefully. And that car really just kind of took it in stride. Yeah, it did. I mean, it was never a terrible looking car. No, it but it definitely I mean, got like, worse looking over time. But, but I mean, like if you look at like an '89, what? Yeah, '89 R107. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, maybe not the '89. Let's go with the '86 because '86 is like right at the peak of like everything going wrong. Also, for the it. first actually, year of the 560. It, it got a little bit. It got a little bit better later on because they did like a update, like a last year, a couple of year update on mm-hmm. uh, eighty eight, eighty nine. But um, if you look at that versus like how like the Jaguar E Type handled it, like the R one hundred seven really took it in stride. Yeah, because like you could still put all the Euro stuff on, whereas the Jaguar like completely changed the structure of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. So because it least, didn't have any structure before. No, it didn't. So. <laughs> Yeah, like the R one oh seven, like it they they did a really good job like making it be reversible. Like they knew they were gonna have to ruin it from the factory. Right. It's um uh what's a good example of like a, a compliance thing that car manufacturers like fine will do it, but they made it super easy to reverse. Uh you have the uh speed governor on Suzuki K cars, and okay. then you have the American crash bumper on the Countach. Okay. <laughs> so like the, the K car speed governor was a separate wire outside the wiring harness mm-hmm. that had a two-pronged little tab that says speed governor, and the prong was like the perfect size to put a scissor through. 
It was really Did weird. Did it say do not cut? Yeah, do not cut, speed governor. <laughs> um, so here, before we get to the best cards, I want to talk about my worst one. Sure. Because my worst one, actually, I'm not going to take the low-hanging fruit. Because I thought about doing the R107. But I'm like, okay. no, there has to be something worse than this. And I thought about it. I'm like, I want something that isn't the worst just aesthetically, but the worst because they could have done better. And I'm gonna, this one goes to the 2000 to 2005 Cadillac DTS. So the DTS, it's integrated into the trunk lid, right? Yes. Okay. But it's LED that doesn't work all the time. Right. It, they go out constantly, more commonly than I've seen <laughs> like normal incandescent bulbs go out. I love it when you see a car that has a mix of LED and incandescent brake lights, yeah. and the LED is always gone. Always first. gone, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really want to, I want to point this car out because this car came out 15 years after they mandated this, mm-hmm. and they still couldn't find a way to integrate it reliably and in and in an aesthetically pleasing uh, way. Because if you want to bring just like type in like 2003 Cadillac DTS, and you understand what I'm talking about. It is. I think that model only ran for one body style. So yeah, it did. Um, but it was one of those just really questionable. Designs because actually, I think, yeah, oh no, they do still make in the 2011s. So oh, yeah, you, right. have to, you have to look up, yeah, look up like 2003. God, that's an ugly car. It, it, they are all terrible. The 2003 was especially bad. Um, and get, get a picture of the rear end. Yeah, that, I'm working on it. That there uh, we go, not right there. Great. All right, so this is why I dislike it so much. Look how it doesn't really flow with any of the other body lines, it's just like awkward, kind of like. Almost follows the trunk lid shape, it's a but unibrow. not quite. Yeah, it's way too thick for being LED. They had so much space. Look at this like huge black space at the top of the rear windshield mm-hmm. that they could have easily put it in. Right. Like, there's so many other things they could have done with this, and they decided Especially to put it. Especially because this car was like one of the first production cars to have full LED taillights. Yeah, so like should have showcased a little bit better. Yeah, they they really they they really screwed the pooch on this one, and it is just awful. And that is without a doubt. It, it's like it's not even that's a bad. It's a it's like a particularly bad design yeah. because yeah, like the e the eighty seven e thirty is like that's really truly really the ugliest. But yeah. this one is the most inexcusable. Yeah, they have, they have no they, reason. There's to do no this. reason for it to be that bad, and that's why that ranks is the worst high mount brake light of all time. Scott just mentioned cars that had aftermarket spoilers that added an optional third brake light, but they left the original one on and connected as well. Oh, so yes. you get four brake lights. That's true. But however, a, you had to put no. that on for, um, for DOT compliance. Otherwise that it's a whole weird thing where in the early two thousands, when large aftermarket spoilers had them or had those on is this a big gray area. Scott mentioned the uh, G class convertible. Really? That has a third map brake light? That's what's sold in America. Well, I guess, it, I guess it'd be like a, a 2000s era one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they mounted it to the spare tire. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's that's really dumb because that makes that spare tire incredibly difficult there to pro- remove. There probably isn't a spare tire in there anymore. That is one of the worst photos I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's fine because it's a terrible thing. It should be pixelated. Uh, what's the best taillight? Uh, best brake light? Actually, since I have the Google up anyway, I yeah. want to start with the... Uh... Sylvia S15. It has a third brake light that's integrated into the spoiler, but it's a triangle, and I actually think it looks pretty cool. You, you're going finding, like, you're, finding you're, a you're, stock you're one of these. Just type in the word fa- like, oh, factory, like stock. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, this might be a Okay, there iron. it is. Right there, right there, right there. Owner's Club. Yeah, I like I this see orange it. one better. Oh, th- yeah, that or actually does look really one. cool. So, um, I don't know why I'm aware of this car, and it's factory brake light, but... Yeah, I actually think this third brake light's super I could, cool. I couldn't even think about that. So you should also state that it is the uh, I think it's, I think it's called the Spec R. Is that trim level? Could it's, be. It's not on all the S15s. It's on that particular trim level. Gotcha. Well, uh, this particular trim level here, yeah, I like this triangle with, with the factory spoiler. That looks really good. Cute. It's, it's a cute, nod to the wheel. Especially because, like, also seeing one of these that isn't just completely brutalized and mutilated is odd. Yeah, that's really weird. Because like uh, I usually <clears> expect seeing an S13 rear end whenever I see an S15. My second choice is the Tesla Model S because that they one, integrated this one really, really well. Um, uh, yeah, that that one looks great, and the Audi A7 actually yep. did that as well. And they've got, I think that the new A5 cab, I think actually does a pretty okay job too, because they have like the full width brake light, but it actually sits right below where the top and the tonneau meet. Ooh. And like you can't see it unless it's That's on. That's pretty cool. 
But, uh, yeah, oh, wow. Wow. What did you do? Uh, this trackpad thing completely blows chunks, so. Yeah, that's true. Um, so. What about your favorites? My this favorite? I'm actually going to have to go with, I'm, I, I went with the A7 initially. And okay. then A7 is too, too similar to the Model S. Um, so I wanted to look at cars that were that first era that did it really well. And I think that the 86 MR2 with the spoiler did okay. a surprisingly good job. Is that the same as the 88 Supercharger spoiler? No, no, totally different. Because the 88 Supercharger was perfect. Because that one was an LED strip and it looks mm-hmm. great. But the 86 MR2... Um, this is going to be tough to find a back shot of the spoiler. Right there. There it is. In a junkyard. In a junkyard. <laughs> but they had to do... They did it with a non, with an incandescent bulb. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they actually worked that in pretty decently. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. However... This one came to mind, actually, when I was looking at pictures of this, because I saw a picture with that and this car behind it, uh, or in front of it, rather. The oh, third-generation Trans Am high-mount brake light. Give me one second, Scott. Send me a link. Your, your link is bad, and you should feel bad. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awful. terrible. It's a metal bar that swoops up behind the spare tire, and it's got a vacuum That looks like a toilet paper uh, holder. That's really bad. Um, uh, what, F-Body? Yeah, F-Body. Like, it, like, it, just type in 88 Trans Am. Then images, and you'll find a picture of it. Because they fit in right there. Incandescent bulbs, and that looks perfect on that car. Yeah, it looks like it should be. If you took that out, it would look worse, I think. Yeah, and that was the... Oh, I didn't do oh, image location. So Can it's, we bring back the internet age where uh, you could just go to Google Images and find the damn image? Right? It, it works on Chrome. I don't want to use Chrome. Chrome sucks. As there. you're complaining about, <clears throat> some, about a different one, but yeah. Anyway, Chrome is so, a resource hog. It's not worth using. That is true, because my computers are twice as fast without Chrome on. Um, but yeah, so that's what they look like. And I, honestly, if you look at those before the taillight and after the taillight, it looks better with the taillight on. It just makes sense. So that one for sure is my winner because they got caught with their pants down. They did not see it coming. <laughs> what should we do? And they just made it How work. How we knock it out of the pack? Yeah, they just made it work and it looks great. And it looked better than the one before it. Fair enough. So I think that that works. Yeah, I'm that, fine with that. I, I think that that one should be the overall winner, just because of what they had to deal with. Um, anyway, so I want to talk about. Uh, we were talking about how on aftermarket spoilers mm-hmm. they had they had to deal with all the different emission stuff and everything. Sure. Uh, not emissions, but you know DOT well, standards. Yeah. yeah. In, in the past, though, they've had to deal with yeah, emissions yeah, so and crash all that, poppers and, and their brake lights. All the stuff safety. aftermarket companies have done. One of the aftermarket companies that really came out of that early 2000s era to really just kind of change the world was AEM, and they were a spinoff of Holly Weber. of Weber. Yeah. Yep. Of Holly Weber. Um, and they were to do this like fledgling like fuel injection business. Yep. Um, and they like it was really an afterthought when they did it, and they turned out to be bigger. They. Uh, the owner of AEM actually bought the company from Weber, and he made it his own company. Nice. Uh, yeah, because Weber... they were still owned by Weber. They're not? No, they're not. Huh. They're their own entity now. Um, but anyway, they just really released a electric motor controller Ooh. when they were at PRI. Ah, I love PRI. And so... I get it. Like electric motor controllers already exist. Like EV West has like a ton of they them. They do, and you know, Bosch makes them. And things yeah, like, like that. people make them. But see, this is the thing. People made standalone engine management mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. You could get a Motec systems, like like standalone. Get a Motec system exhaust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can get their engine management system like in the early 2000s, and that right. actually. A Motec Systems en- engine management from 2000 like will totally stand up to AEM Infinity today. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, yeah, it's like a Cybex today. I yeah, mean, it's... but that's the thing is like to get a Motec or a Cybex is like ten thousand dollars, but mm-hmm. an AEM Infinity is like a thousand. Yeah, the Infinity like is really good. Yeah, I mean that's... it's very very feature rich. They I don't think they can run direct injection, but everything beyond that they can do. It's a very, very good system. It's very robust, and you can make a lot of power. I was looking to see if they AM, have any pictures. They don't. <clears throat> AM, I would say, is more responsible than anybody else in the world right now for making the fast front-wheel drive dragster because they were the ones that made like boost-by-gear and traction control and all that stuff like, actually functional for mm-hmm. a drag racer so that you can get these seven-second, six-second Civics 
uh, in the world that are still running front-wheel drive on mm-hmm. a stock chassis. Well, Bissy uses exclusively AEM. Yeah. He's sponsored by that. AEM so. Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> We're using, Jay, actually an AEM Infinity engine management control system. With the, it, we're doing boost by gear. And you can <coughs> see that it perfectly controls the tachometer. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm really excited for them to make this uh, EV con- uh, controller. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Because this is a company that's a penchant for making things user-friendly and cheap. And mm-hmm. I know that user-friendliness is not, like, your favorite thing. But, like... I like it when it's attainable and it works. Yeah, that's the thing, is... It's like, right now, if you go to Bosch and you want to buy a BMS and a motor controller, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's cost prohibitive. You can't do it. And Yeah, that's the thing, is, like, this is going to make this attainable. It's going to make it so the average Joe can make it work. Mm-hmm. This, to EVs, I think is going to be the small block Chevy to hot rodding. No, are they actually doing motors as well, or are they just giving us just the controller? The controllers. But so the we thing can is, use. the controller works with like any sort of like you can program it with whatever you want, really. So if you make a wiring harness, you can just make it happen. I so. gotta, I gotta do some more reading on this. I'm curious. I've, obviously, it works with AC synchronous motors, but I'd be curious to see if it works with variable reluctance inductance motors or like DC motors. They do actually. If you scroll down, they do talk about they do have a version for DC. Um, I, but I would imagine that this controller could do all of that. Yeah, if it probably. Was programmed to, and it doesn't matter because I mean a regular inductance right there. So induction AC motor includes an inverter controller, mm-hmm. battery management, onboard controller, a DC DC converter, and more. So, That's awesome. Yeah, I really. The the longer time goes on, the more I want to EV swap something. Yeah, me too. Like I actually, it's it's getting to a point where I think it'd be really cool. I'm starting looking at some of my cars, like my Subaru. It would be so cool with the EV yeah. swap. Maybe I should uh, stop planning a flathead build. And just I, no, dude. You have to do the flathead build. <laughs> that, that, has to, that has to be... you got to drive it outside of the back to the 50s and confuse it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have to have your flathead build be like your final... like The last hurrah of combustion. The, the last hurrah of combustion <laughs> as you go back to the start. But anyway, like I think that this, the, this is going to be... The like the flathead swap mm-hmm. for EVs, where like the flathead. I mean the small block. <laughs> well, sorry, I know I'm actually I'm thinking more. It's actually gonna be more like a flathead, where hmm. like in that era that it Just was the innovator. You mean like it the... was that was the thing that made an affordable V8 a thing that sure. you could put okay. into anything you want. Because previously, if you wanted to put in an engine swap, mm-hmm. you either go with a four cylinder, or you're or doing like a, a straight eight, six or, or you had like you had some really like stupid like gigantic like 20 liter v8 out of like a 1908 oldsmobile or a 28 liter engine out of a dirigible yes or you get a dirigible engine you have to make an entire chassis yourself but like that's the thing those are all kind of ridiculous better but ridiculous so yeah this this is going to be a thing where this is going to allow you know cletus in alabama to throw an ev a swap into his whatever Bald Eagle, this Bald Eagle Express. American Gen Four Firebird that his like dad was I mean, working on before he left and got smokes and never came back. I don't watch their videos very much, um, but I did see a thumbnail from Cletus McFarland. This is a little bit of a tangent, so sorry. Uh, last week, they they got shipped a couple of those Bosch Magneti Morelli electric assisted turbochargers. Oh, cool! And they're actually using those in one of their. Uh, I think they're using it on a Caprice PPV build, which is that's odd. hilarious. But I mean. They're going to have would, to get familiar with high-voltage electronics to make that work, and I bet you we're going to see EV stuff out of them at some point, too. That would be so. great. Well, actually, what I'm curious, they should have done that uh, on some sort of small displacement overbuilt engine, like a um, Geometra 3 Oh, yes. Where it's like an unkillable engine, and you just, the bigger the turbocharger, the more power you make. And that's... If you can spool it, it'll, it will go. It'll hold it, yeah. So, like... <laughs> like that 5,500 horsepower turbo that uh, that Precision came out with at PRI, like mm-hmm. that with a uh, with electric assist, and you just put it on like a stock 2 jz Oh yeah, and it's just like perfect. What what is the limit of the 2 jz We'll find out well, now. Like what about like a, a, a D-stroked B16 or something like that? Like make a 1.3 liter B. Well, that's that's an open block, so you know what we we know why the B series fails. And it's the top. It's, uh, it's the top half. Of the, right, but I'm of saying like crack. spooling a turbo with a oh, tiny displacement yeah. four cylinder. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like spooling a turbo, like a turbo that's way bigger than that vehicle should ever be able to spool. Yes. So, or yes. like uh, DSM, like a four G sixty three could. Yeah. Be oh yeah. One. Yep. But like, like, yeah, find an engine that doesn't fail from failure. A 
uh, Volvo B series. That one. The red block. The red block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. That that would be cool to see because that one does not <clears throat> fail from any amount. That fails from. I like this. Like just grenading from people like dropping a valve. But yeah, this is gonna be really cool. I'm really excited for this. Uh, they're gonna build really cool stuff with it, and I'm just yeah. I I wanna I hate reading, and I I think I wanna read about this to see especially how they handle band, uh, battery management and charging. So a if lot of people <clears throat> yes, honey. If you hate reading, I have a a, a, a Chrome extension that reads web pages to me. Does it sound decent? And did they make yes. it for Firefox? I don't know. Yes, they have maybe. A, they have okay. a website too. Okay. Um, Fair enough. No, I mean, I, I can do it when it's context stuff that I enjoy, but I just, yeah. This is, like, the kryptonite of everybody saying that the death of the <clears throat> internal combustion engine is the death of hot rodding. No, because anyone that says that just hasn't spent enough time with an electric motor. Yeah, that's entirely true. It's like, they're, they're it's really the same, good. It's I mean, the same the, people that said fuel injection was the end, and the same people that it's said It's never going to fully replace it. No. It just won't. So yeah, if you don't won't. like it, just don't use it, but, like... You'll like it. You're you're gonna be really happy. With <laughs> you're gonna it. have both. I mean, yeah, you're gonna. I, I just I don't think that internal combustion engines will be a gasoline powered thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a hydrogen, like a yeah. HOO swap eventually. Well, once yeah, once we get good enough at producing just copious amounts, like unusable amounts of clean energy, like we can afford to take the hit making. Yeah, like hydrogen and you know, like extracting it. And I think I think that's uh, th- that that's what's going to be the savior of the internal combustion engine is HOO gas. Mm-hmm. But me too. Like this, I think is the future of hot rodding because the HOO stuff, like that's gonna be ridiculous. Like that's like, right, people... but it'll, it'll keep the Lamborghinis going while yeah. we drive EVs. Yeah. But that's the thing is the EV swap. This is going to be the new V8. Mm-hmm. And we know that it's a blast to drive. Oh yeah. Like it's great. It's one of those things where, yeah, you can have a lot of fun making a bunch of noise of the, internal combustion engine or you can have just the sound of gearbox and like rubber fighting to stay together yeah while you actually go quickly like i've never heard tires like in pain before i owned an electric car because you always hear the engine over that no you never like, actually hear just the tires you just like yeah. you roll into the accelerator on my car and all you hear is a <laughs> of like the tire tread blocks leaning over i'm just like <laughs> oh yeah no it, it, it's funny it, it sounds like a faster version of the road noise you get mm-hmm. from yes. like a big mud truck. Yep. But and it varies with like throttle pressure and then it goes from you know, anyway it doesn't matter but but no it's it's a cool sound in of itself like that It's very different. I like them both. That, it yeah, it is it is a very different thing. So, anyway, drill combustion engines are on the way out. I still love them, but you know, that's it's just the facts of life. Fair enough. Yeah, just like steam engines are cool. I mean, something has to... That's true. That is true. We still love the Stanley Steamer. (laughs) Well, I mean, something inevitably has to replace the Chevy small block at some point in time. So it may as well be an electric car. Until then, GM's going to keep putting it into trucks. Yep. And I actually want to talk about that, even though it's not refreshing. So this is a story I took from Autoblog. Uh, A bunch of other... Uh, news outlets covered this too, but the new generation of Chevy Tahoe and Suburban and associated counterparts from GMC have finally been announced. I wish it weren't. <laughs> and there's there's a couple things, though. Um, it looks really dumb, just like their modern pickup trucks do. What? All right, one, one second. Go down to this interior picture. Hold before on. I got, we I no, show no, people no. the outside. No, no. Go down to this interior picture while this outside photo is loading. Okay. Why on earth does that, need, does that need that kind of screen? When this truck is so freaking big, you can put a 50-inch television on that dashboard and not have to make it stick up. Well, it's because everyone wants a trapezoid screen. Yeah, because trapezoids you can are make, awesome. You can make a trapezoid screen fit right in there. Like, that so is a much... trapezoid screen. Yeah, but it doesn't have to stick up. It can just be integrated into the I dash. have a problem with fixed-mounted screens. Everything that's got a screen in it needs to be able to be hidden. Because in 10, 15 years' time, when that thing's completely obsolete and probably broken, yeah. I want to hide it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, that's is... True. That doesn't look like it moves. No, it, it, it is a fixed mount. Yeah, it's a fixed mount stick up in the air screen. So that's pretty dumb. Uh, I don't know if I hate it more than what they did before, but it's okay. <sighs> this is not an attractive looking vehicle. The outside's really Just bad. right off the bat. But oh. do you want to know what's potentially a little interesting about this? It kind of mm. like the headlights. GM has been like making the, the Suburban 
Kind of. For 70 years. Yes. Oh, it wow. has always That's been true. a stick axle on the back. Yes. Now it isn't. Yeah. Now these are independent suspensions. So I know. Hot rodding, you're going to be able to get really strong independent rear suspension and diffs out of these in junkyards. You already could. Well, yeah, 4 From to 8.8s. 4 to 8.8s, but... But they don't make those anymore. Like, the, the supply is going to dry up at some point. So modern, really cheap American IRS is going to be a good thing to have kicking around. That'll be a good thing. Four-corner air suspension instead of just rear air ride. Ooh, so they... So in 15 years, these are going to be dragging on the bump stops through the ghetto. Yeah, so they, what they did is they just made, they made a, a Toreg. They made a Toreg. No, what they did is they later. made a 2004 Expedition. No, it's a Toreg. That uh, should be more reliable than that. I know. Yeah. The Cadillac XLR says otherwise. Oh, I, GM, shot. <clears throat> GM is capable of making... That's not RC shot. That's just a picture of somebody walking up to the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure out where the button is to open the yeah, lift Yeah, like that's just how big the vehicle is. It's a standing up next to the vehicle shot. Yeah, um, I, I just wanted to talk about this because of the independent suspension, because that's a really big departure. Yeah, no, GM the, the independent rear suspension is not a good thing for this truck, but is a great thing for people putting independent rear suspension into other vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, no, um, and trapezoid screens. Yes, and trape trapezoid screens. I'm glad people really are dumb. embracing the yeah. trapezoid. Good thing they put quad exhausts on the Mommy Mobile. Yeah, oh. so, oh my God. The Mom old one has a single really exhaust really. for the same engine. It seems fine. Uh, anyway, I want to talk about something. Oh, yeah. Else. They, also, they are putting a diesel power. I want to talk about an American. Oh, that's actually cool. It is cool. Uh, it's 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 a cool. it's a six cylinder inline diesel. That's actually it's extremely, extremely cool. cool. Yeah. What is that still Duramax? It's a Duramax. Perfect. Yeah, so it just means that, it means to say that Cummins has been correct from the start. Um, yep. With, er, I think so. Yeah, three liter Duramax turbo diesel. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm so actually that's, that's really happy neat. about that. Yeah, so um, that's anyway, I want to talk about Ford's uh, SUV. I'm okay. sorry I forgot to turn off my ringer. That's fine. Because, um, let's see here. Uh, here's the link. Okay. Ford has made the Ford Explorer, and it, as we all know, the 2020 Ford Explorer is a dumpster fire of a vehicle. But right? it is rear-wheel drive. It's also really giant, right? And giant yeah, means terrible. giant means more safer. Also, they asphyxiate our officers of the law. So, no, that that's the uh, that's the that's the outgoing one. That's the outgoing one. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't the Explorer. That was the uh, that was the Explorer. Oh, it was the Explorer. Yep. Yeah, it was this one. Yeah. Have you ever noticed on like 2016 where they went from straight out exhaust to the turned down exhausts? Yeah. That's why. Mm -hmm. oh. There was a year where they still had the bumper cutouts and they had the turned down mufflers before they just filled in the bumper cutouts. <laughs> that's really hilarious. So. <laughs> This is the issue with this. Okay. Uh, they just redesigned this vehicle. It's an all-new platform. It's a completely all-new platform. Mm -hmm. Ford has had all of the collective resources of Ford mm -hmm. to make their SUV be good, right? Sure. And it's an SUV. So an SUV, if you stop right here, needs to be good <laughs> at being safe well, because that's how you sell a crossover. Well, that's why and idiots safe. buy the damn things. <clears throat> this one isn't. Okay, what what does it fail in? Is it the small front overlap? The, of course, yes. Particularly your feet. It breaks both of your ankles. <laughs> when you get into a small front overlap, the front wheel goes into your foot. Have fun hobbling out of that thing. Yeah, so this is the thing. This is graded on the same scale as it's a light truck, not like a big truck. It's okay. it graded on the same scale as in Mitsubishi Mirage, a car that's notoriously unsafe okay. per whoever the hell says that. This is the thing, though. Probably Doug. The uh, Mitsubishi Mirage <laughs> fails in leg protection. Okay. It is also able to fit within the wheelbase. Bumper to bumper can fit in the wheelbase of this truck. Okay. And it also is built not for this country. And it is built for crash, like, for crash standards not made in this country. And for probably like one generation for, prior to. Yeah. Like, this is made for Thailand crash tests in like... 2008. Does the Mirage also break both of your ankles? One. Just um, one? Yes. So you can get so out then. You can, yeah, terribly, but you can, you will be crippled, uh, potentially. <laughs> uh, but this is the thing, though. You don't in the Fiat. Yeah, well, the thing is, with the Mirage failing, it doesn't fail as bad as this one does. And can this we watch was, this? This was made, yeah, we totally can. Just okay. turn off the sound. This was made for our country. Like, this wasn't made for Thailand. This was made to pass this test, yeah. and they, they shit the bed on it. 
Yeah, like these these standards aren't new this year. No, this has been around for a while, uh, and this is well, after it's, they it's, already they just updated them. But, but no, this is after they already redesigned it once because it failed so many crash tests. The Explorer. Yeah, <laughs> this is the second complete redesign of the chassis. I, mean, of the I gotta vehicle. say, this A pillar held up really well, but yeah, clearly they're doing something wrong down well, here. Yeah, the A pillar is not the problem. It, right. it, it's your feet. Right. Which you know. You Did need. they make the pedals out of steel again? Like no, it's because the the whole front suspension comes into the footwell. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah, <clears throat> that's just what I want. Whereas, like with the Mirage, it's the A pillar that fails, and that the A pillar is designed to take a hit from the top, not from the not like from the, over, the small overlap. Right. So, like Mitsubishi straight up got caught with their pants down. This one, Ford tried and failed on their bread and butter vehicle because they don't make cars anymore. Nope. They make this yep. and this isn't safe. So this is further proof that Jim Hackett has no business being in the automotive industry at all. Like he needs to not work. He needs to go find a hotel to work at because they don't crash test hotels. Well, we could. God, what? <clears throat> I'm just, I'm flabbergasted by this because everybody talks all the, they, they throw all the shade at the little Mirage, and that car does better being not made for our market. Let's watch the Mirage. Than anything America can make. And this is a 2014 Mirage. Yeah. yeah, this is designed, same crash test, same speed, and it was designed before this test even existed. That looks fine. The, look, the windshield didn't even break on it. Yeah. Like, that's... Sup- it broke on the Exploder. Yeah. Like that, that looks pretty good. It does. You're right. That looks a hell of a lot better than the Exploder. So if you want a safe family vehicle, Carbitrage top tip. Get a Mirage. Buy a Mirage. Because that's safer than an Explorer. There There's <laughs> just <laughs> literally a fact that it is safer than the new Explorer. Well, I mean, and I mean, we won't turn down any opportunity to plug a Mirage. That, so. Yeah. Especially one that comes up as pink on the NHTSA website. Like, come on, really? <laughs> that's the best part. Like, um, even... It's plasma purple. Pla- sorry, plasma purple. I love that they used like, the two best colors. It's the plasma purple and the green. The, like, they did not do a silver one. They did no, the they best They just took colors. two random ones off the line and shipped them to NHTSA. Like, here you go. <clears throat> And they were fun colors, yes. I know. That's pretty great. <laughs> I want to talk about the antithesis of fun, which is German cars, which is Porsche, which is the Maersk's little brother, the Taken 4S. Remember when the e-tron Audi got announced and they brought out all the figures about acceleration and capacity yeah. and range and everything? Huh. And they got a 90-kilowatt-hour battery to do 200 miles? Yeah. Hey, the Porsche Taken 4S did the same thing in a car. With massive, massive battery, like 90 kilowatt hours, That's... and it will do 201 <laughs> miles. For reference, my shitty poverty I, Tesla Model I, I, S with I honestly, the 70 I thought that was because of drag this. on that giant truck. Or yeah, clearly, yeah, clearly, Vag, we, we predicted this. Vag will find a way to ruin electric cars. Oh, yeah. And they've done it. Yep. <clears throat> we, it's, they ruined, they've never made a good product ever. They literally never have. And trust me, I got VAG project, pro, uh, products I like, but they are not good. They've never made a good car. They never will make a good car. And no matter how much money you spend on a VAG, you will never, ever get a good vehicle. Shopping for a VAG all car trash. is like looking into politics. It's always going to be a lesser of evils. It really is. No, it, it's you have this, which is like, I don't even know who this would be. Yeah, no, it, it, who do you want? Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or, like, Joseph Stalin? <laughs> like, those are your options. I was going to go for Pol Pot. Yeah, you, you have Pol Pot. Pol Pot, you see, that, that's, the, that's the diesel Passat. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> it's always breaking those CB shafts. Yeah, that, that is, that's ridiculous. That's but anyway, I just, they, they list efficiencies here, and I'll sort of set the stage. So, I mean, the Model S I drive is pretty old now. Mm-hmm. In modern vehicle considerations, it doesn't have the most efficient What's your motors. Range? It's EPA rated at 240, and it's got a battery that is 30% smaller than this. Um, I realistically get 200 miles out of my car with a substantially smaller battery. But anyway, I want to talk also, about the you efficiencies. You drive it like a maniac. I as do, well. which is what I really want to get into because even driving like a bag of dildos in the winter, I get better efficiency numbers than this. So they're claiming a combined 488 watt hours per mile. So I'll set the stage for you. I only see efficiencies worse than that when it's below zero outside and I'm doing shorter-ish trips. 
in, in, in the summer, like driving like me, I do about 340 watt hours a mile, which is about 30% and, and, more and efficient. And this is on an eco trip. And it's a brand new vehicle. It's a brand with new a vehicle. brand new 800 volt system that's supposed to be efficient. And they're going on an eco trip with this. Uh-huh. They're, try, they're doing everything they can to do well. Whereas you're going out of your way to drive like an absolute dick. Yeah, a, a, a green person could get 240 miles out of my car. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. But somebody no. could. Not you. But either way, like the city efficiency is just mind boggling. Like this does this car not have regenerative braking? Because it's worse than the highway range. And in EVs that never happens. That is shocking. Because you're recovering like forty percent of the energy that you're spending. When you accelerate, you slow back down. You again. can probably pay for regenerative braking. It's probably no, an option. It's probably it's an gonna, option. <laughs> and it's gonna have Porsche. It's gonna be like uh, PRBS, like Porsche Regenerative Braking System. Perbs is going to be forty grand. You're going to be perturbed. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to order a Taycan 4S, make sure you get the forty grand Perbs option. Yeah, really, that's so serious. Or you, what you should do, make sure you get therapy and don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just shouldn't. That car sucks. I want to like the Taycan because it looks pretty I don't. okay and it's a Porsche. I like, don't. I, I don't has, like Porsche. It has given us no reason to like Porsche it. Porsche has gone out of their way for the last decade to make me hate them. It's so bad. Like, I just, I don't. Por- I don't get it. Porsches, they were, like, doing really well, like, for a while. Like, when the Cayman came out, yeah. I think that was the peak of modern Porsche. Like, that first, like, couple of years after the Cayman came like out. Like, 05 or something like that? Yeah, like, 05 to, like, 2009, like, right before the recession was the peak of Porsche. Uh, okay. But, yeah, now they're just, like, they're really, yeah, they're phoning right. it in. They're just totally phoning it in. The Cayenne GTS six-speed. Yep. They made the regular Cayenne six-speed. Yep. They made, they just came out with the, the Cayman. Yep. They updated the Boxster with the bigger S 3.4 motor. Yep. Arguably the 997, I guess. It was a good car. I like the 997. 997 is great, but it's, it's overblown. Ah, it's all very subjective, but it's it's a little bit better car for a lot more money. Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing. But, I mean, like, at that point in time... Like the 997, like, yeah, oh, yeah. the 996's god awful headlights. Like, it it is that was a much better car. Um, but yeah, no, that was the peak of Porsche. It was like 2000, like, if you bought a Porsche in 2008, you could before the Panamera, too, right? Yes, right before the Panamera. Like, you could rest easy knowing that you got Porsche at the Best time mm-hmm. to buy a brand new Porsche because you, you got the six, best you had possible steering. Vehicle. You had yeah. all that good stuff. You, limited a, slip differentials that yeah. were actually limited slip differentials. You got a real vehicle. Yep. Um, now you can't. Anyway, speaking of Tesla, um, Jeez. did you see that uh, Elon Musk is he daily drives the Cybertruck? Yeah, I think there's it's, only one in existence, but I have seen a few clips of that. Yeah, thing. yeah, there is, and he just drives it everywhere. Anyway, he's uh, the only thing that can stop it apparently is a traffic pylon. Because uh, he drove what? over one. Well, actually, I didn't even stop him. He just straight up crashed into one, leaving a Japanese like restaurant. Like one of those concrete bollard things? The well, It was a plastic one. Oh, okay. That, but it's just a sign of how bad like everything is on it. And I love this in this gift that uh, Gizmodo made. He, like he didn't even like give a shit. Didn't stop or anything. Like he just <laughs> Oh, kept it's going. like a valet sign or something like that. Big but deal. It, it looks like a pedestrian crossing sign. It's a pedestrian crossing sign. Whatever. Th- those are, have a metal insert inside of them. So it did a pretty good job taking that out, taking that out. Um, <laughs> but no, I love the fact that he actually just <clears throat> drives us everywhere and like people like see him like out in public. I'm surprised that that's street legal, but it is. There's a weird <laughs> loophole that allows him to do that. Sure, yeah, I'm sure it's got I'm manufacturer sure plates on it. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and my favorite part is, if you zoom in on it, it's actually a right turn only sign. Oh, really? And he's taking <laughs> a left. He's you taking can, you a can left. You can actually see that. But yeah. if you look, he's taking a left when he doesn't have right away. And and yeah, <laughs> it, a green light for the other people. What the hell? <laughs> All right, so we need to mail Elon Musk a ticket for breaking yeah. the traffic laws. <laughs> I love Elon Musk because he doesn't give a shit. Like, what the hell, man? He is, this was like actually living with like Tesla in like 1925. Well, I mean, that's just that's no, per, that's Tesla perpetuating. Was he was a good person, but he's he's just he's an absolute madman. Mad and I, but doing stuff like that publicly, it just perpetuates the dickish yeah. like what how people feel about you know EV owners essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not too bad what he did. No, 
Like I've I've probably knocked over e- like, EV owners and things like that. To be honest, there's a lot of like there's a lot of really really cool EV owners, but there's a very substantial amount of douches. Oh yeah, in, like the EV world, like just a, a lot of them. And I, honestly, that's probably one of the better segues we've had between stories. So I want to talk about people icing, icing chargers, yeah, which it, means internal combustion engine ing. Yeah. A charger, which means you've parked a fueled vehicle in a charger. Happens all the time. Um, which, you just deal with it. It's Did whatever. Did you uh, hear about the guy in the Mustang <clears throat> that got arrested because he was icing a guy who was charging his Tesla? Mm-mm. And he hit the guy's Tesla while he was doing, he's doing donuts around the EV station. Of course, being Mustang oh, I saw a video catches yeah. traction and hits the Tesla. Well, he hit the charger, and I think it knocked a charger. Yeah, that's what I'm sorry. Yeah, like yeah, knocked, yeah. yeah, but he, he, he damaged the dude's Tesla. What an idiot. <laughs> But I don't know if he's any worse than these Tesla owners who, in Europe, they got their entire local little Tesla circle jerk Dutch rudder group, and they took an entire gas station and oh, blocked no. all of the pumps. I'm like, dude, you're just hurting that business owner. You're not yeah. hurting anyone else. Like, oh, shucks, they're blocking the pump. I guess I'll drive a quarter of a mile down the road to another fuel station. Yeah, yeah no, that's not like... It's one thing to block... Uh, a Tesla supercharger because that's right. like the only one nearby. Right. I'm like, I can't make it to another one, probably. But you, you can easily make it another quarter of a mile mm-hmm. to another gas station. So, yeah, very rare circumstances where a gas station is that far away where you can't. All this does is just make them look like a dick and make make <clears throat> business, small business understand. It's like the people right. that park in front of the gas pumps when they want to just go inside for a snack. Yeah, I mean, if the gas station's pretty low traffic, I I do that with my car. Well, like, I mean, like, when it's the only pump open. Well, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that, no. But a lot of gas stations are pretty empty, so. But, yeah, this is just, wow, what hot trash. Bunch of idiots. Yeah. And it's in Croatia. Thanks, Croatia. Thanks, Croatia. You suck. At a unknown brand gas Motors station, Club but, Croatia. Well, I mean, it, it turns out it was e-golfs and up exclamation mark EVs and i3s and Teslas, but still EVs. Yeah, looks like there's a, EV owner there's club a smart being a dick. Yeah. So don't do that. It just makes you look a bit of a toss. Well, you know what's gonna be really funny is like when one of them runs out of gas and they or runs out of electricity and then mm-hmm. they have to charge their vehicle, and the guy's like, "No, screw you." Let me fill up my generator at your gas pump. Yeah, no. It's... And then charge my EV. That's dumb. Yep. Well, don't do that. I need to reiterate. Don't be a dick. Yeah, let's not be a dick. Be so nice what... to other people. Exactly. What? Uh, what did we learn? This oh, week? I'll go for this this week. That laptop prefers being off the entire week this and then one? turn back on. Mm-hmm. That that's actually something that we learned. It does. Learned. Get, it well, actually gets tired. I think Jana might have known that already, but I did yeah. not know that. So Jana, what did you that. learn? <clears throat> what did I learn? I've been stooped with finals and. Oh, so I didn't learn this, but I'm really proud. So this Wednesday, because, you know, the holiday season, we had a impromptu holiday concert. We decided two weeks in advance that we were going to do okay. at work. And the toddlers Sounds like plenty of prep time. and the preschoolers did a great job. Only one person <laughs> cried. <laughs> and they didn't even cry on stage. They cried before Was they got you? on stage. No. Oh, well, that's good. And, you know, the toddlers went up there, and usually toddlers get confused and scared. Sure. And, like, freeze I still up. still do, yeah. But they were really quiet during the practices, but when the performance came, they did a great job. And somebody showed us a video, because, like, when, when you're a teacher and your kids are on stage, you're just making sure that they don't fall off. Well, yeah. Or, you know, like, no harm befalls happens. them, essentially. And so you don't, you don't understand, like, if they're doing a good job or whatever. You're just, like, they're just yelling. eagle eyes. And, and uh, a few parents showed us videos, and we all teared up because they did such a good job. And it was adorable. And, but now I've got hippopotamus for christmas stuck in my head oh no oh no oh damn it now it's in my head it's so you're welcome world really happy i don't know that song (laughs) Um, (laughs) oh yeah i also learned that whoa two whoa (laughs) how much you save it for next week Uh, well it has to do with christmas all right fine ryan didn't know what white christmas was oh that's true i didn't i still don't know you mean the movie the movie and the song he didn't know it was a thing oh yeah I didn't know it. Well, I mean, he was Jewish. Yeah. yeah I, so. But I forgot that. I don't know Hanukkah songs either. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, like so. With, I was helping Jana with some homework. 
And, of course, me being on Wikipedia, trying to help her answer questions, I went on a tangent, and I realized I didn't really know enough about South American indigenous peoples. Um, And so I started looking into the Paracas culture, which is the predecessor to the Nazca. Okay. And the Paracas were actually really interesting because... Usually, like, a lot of cultures in, like, Olmec era, so, like, pre-Incan, pre-Mayan times, they either, they lived, like, in their area. They lived on a mountain, or they lived by the ocean, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about cultures. Yeah, for for the most, in that that era. They weren't very expansive. Yeah, exactly. In that era, and in that area, this is actually the only culture uh, in this Area. Did you just say culture? Like, culture. Like like culture. Yeah. Culture. Yeah. Culture. Culture. Uh, this He's is only talking c- about bacteria. Yeah. Very this, nice. This is only culture that uh, <laughs> at this time in South America uh, expanded from mountaintops to the sea uh-huh. because they were buried both with uh, bones of food from mountaintop animals and from fish at the same time. So I thought it was really interesting. And there you go. That yes. is a Jana fact coming from Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually really surprised you're able to find information like that because it's really hard to even get information not in Spanish on the Aztec and the Maya. So the Paracas, they're um, the only thing that they know about them is from like a handful of sites, and they're all these necropolises, so yeah. giant cemeteries, um, and that's where they kind of know everything about the culture from. And that was yeah. that one where there's that cool I flying think we dude that I showed you. A lecture on that. No, this is a, a while ago. That cool looking flying guy that yeah. I showed you. It's all a du- it's a picture oh, done he in looks very super Ryan wasted. colors. Yeah, and it's pretty wild. It's very 80s. Um, the 80s anyway, that, were inspired by that. Picture. Yes. So there we go. That's what I learned. Now, fair enough. Ryan Rask, you're a little bit more of a nerd today. So yeah. thank you for listening, and listen next week. We'll catch you guys on Saturday. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>